Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliff, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We're glad you've chosen to tune in and to join us today. I'm glad for those who have come today. It's cold out there, and we're obviously thanking the Lord for the sunshine, the rain, the wind, and all the things that obviously he allows to happen in our lives. We give thanks. He's controlling the weather, so we know that uh, he is over all things. We're glad. We pray today that God would speak to you. I have a, on my heart about where our focus should be for the new year. Real simple. And we want to talk about it today. So I pray that God would open your heart and uh, that you would uh, just receive what God is saying to you in relation to what He wants to say and what He wants to do in your life today. I will encourage you to look forward to 2022 with optimism. Maybe you had 2021. Maybe all the things that have happened uh, have really not gone your way. And there have been challenges. And yes, that's the way life is. But I want to encourage you today. It doesn't mean that 2022, that all of the adverse circumstances will go away. But what I'm going to uh, obviously share with you is that close relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if you obviously abide in Him and He abides in you, staying close to Him, then we can go through whatever we face in life. And we don't know what the future holds. But we know who holds the future. So let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you that uh, we can come to you. The Bible says, anybody in trouble? Pray. And we pray. And Lord, even when we don't even know that we're in trouble, Lord, really. You give us life and breath and everything else. And Lord, you're holding everything together. And so, Lord, today, if you let loose, then we know that we've got real bad problems. But we know our God loves us. And you're for us. And that you'll be an ever-present help in our time of need. And I ask you today, every person who hears this now or in the future, that your anointing would be upon this message. Father, for Jesus' sake, and that people would be spoken to, and they'd be encouraged, and they would cling to you, to your word, and Father, their relationship with you. If they don't know you, they've not put their trust in you, we ask you today that they'd make that decision, that their hearts would be touched and convicted, and they would bow their hearts, and they would obviously invite you into their hearts and lives to be their Lord and Savior. Lord, that's our prayer today. So you speak, and let me get out of the way and let your word and your truth go forth, and forevermore let your word, which is everlasting, Father, do and accomplish what you desire. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Turn to Daniel chapter 9. We're going to talk about our focus for the new year. Our focus for the new year. Daniel chapter 9, verse 13. One, one verse. Different translations. I'm going to read another translation. Now, this is NIV, and then I'm going to read another translation that speaks of something in that particular translation that the NIV doesn't have. <clears throat> Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to the truth. And then we're going to look at one more verse, James chapter 5, verse 13. Real simple. Is any one of you in trouble? Then he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you in trouble? Isn't that real simple? That, doesn't that 
sum up the Christian life. Is anybody in trouble? And we find ourselves in trouble all the time and different things that we go through. And sometimes it seems like, again, everything's going along smooth. And if you're not in adversity right now, then you may have just come out of adversity or obviously you're in adversity or you will face adversity, one or the other. Something's going to happen in your life. And so thank God for those times of breath of fresh air. Those times when we can kind of like, and I don't want everyone to coast. I never will say that, but I want to aggressively press in to the Lord and what he's doing in the earth today because I want to partner with him. And I want to share with you about how to partner with him today. In another translation here of Daniel chapter 9, verse 13, it says, as is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. And yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord, our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. You see, it talks about the fact that they were in a lot of trouble. Israelites were really drifting from the Lord in their relationship. And God is saying here in his word here that even though all these things came upon them, they didn't pray. They turned away. They basically did things on their own. They did not pray. And I think so often we think, well, Jim, you continue to talk about prayer a lot. And yes, I do. And why do I talk about prayer a lot? It's because I believe it's the most important uh, aspect of the Christian's life, along with the word of God. The two go hand in hand. But prayer should be our focus today. And I'll share with you today in a few moments as we share our lives together exactly what I'm talking about. So if anybody in here is experiencing troubles, anybody in this that's watching this by Zoom or any other main experiencing any type of trouble, then you should pray. Is anybody saying and looking at the church today and saying, Lord, we want people to come to salvation. We want more people to come to know Jesus Christ. I'm excited about my relationship with Jesus, but not enough people obviously are coming to the gospel, coming to Jesus. And so I want people to do that. What do you do? That's a problem. Then you should pray. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your families. Pray for those who are not in the church again. It's for different reasons. As I shared with you earlier, you can pick up that handout uh, on your way out and look at that. And you pray over it. And God will show you how to pray. But there are different reasons people have not. And not just here as our size of our church, but it seems and appears to be that all churches are experiencing this. And so is anyone experiencing trouble? Then he should pray. The book of James, real simple here. But they didn't pray. The Israelites did not pray. They did not seek the Lord and his favor. They didn't do it. And you know what happened to them eventually there, eventually. And the things that have happened to the Israelites, they drifted away. They were carried into captivity by Babylon. But God spoke and said it wasn't that he was carrying them into captivity because obviously that uh, to destroy them, but to get their attention. You know what I believe is happening in the United States of America today? God is trying to get our attention. I believe what you've seen. And one of the major thrusts, and I'm not talking about if I'll just go back to 9-11. I won't go back beyond that. But just going back to 9-11, I believe that God is trying to get our attention. And I believe that he's obviously bringing about some judgment. And it's not to obviously destroy us. He wants people to come. He wishes none to perish, but all to come to everlasting life. And so how can we partner with him that we obviously can things can change. Lives can be changed. My life can be changed. I speak and always preach to myself. You know, I always say that. What can I do? As you all know, over the years, and I'm not a scholar, 
But I have studied revivals. I have read many books on revivals over the years. And I believe that revival is our answer. I believe that revival obviously begins in the church. And I believe in a local assembly it can happen. It can happen in my life. It can happen in your life. But certainly revival in a lot of cases begins in the church of God. The church house. And then the awakening takes place all over the country. I've talked about this many times before. But it happens because God's people are praying. Always before revivals start, before an awakening in people's hearts start, is that God's people are praying. And I'll share with you in the next couple of weeks about that, exactly what that means, examples of it and so forth. But it begins by people praying. It begins by people committing to prayer. It begins by obviously stepping out and saying, I made a decision to do this. And, you know, I began to do that to begin last part of the year. And I was saying, Lord, I'm not praying like I should. My prayer life is not what it should be. And so, Lord, I want you to come begin with me as the pastor of this church and use me. Begin in my heart, in my life and how I should do that. And you know what came up? What came up was, and I believe it could have been the enemy or the flesh or whatever, just Myself, the flesh there, and the fact of, well, if you start out like Jim, this, Jim, and, 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 all, and you've got momentum to pray and all that, uh, are you going to keep that momentum? Aren't you going to kind of fizzle by the end of January? And that's what happens with New, New Year's resolutions, isn't it? We start out saying, I'm not going to eat the chocolate like I did last year. And I'm not going to eat as many soda, drink as many sodas as I did. And I'm not going to eat, obviously, all that fried food and all that kind of stuff and all that. And all these resolutions. And by the end of January, it's out the door. And that can be true for our spiritual lives also. Is that we can say, okay, I commit to the Lord for this new year. And yes, I agree with you, Jim, that yet revival is the only answer. And our focus should be, but what about the fact, what is going to sustain me in that? Because obviously there'll be many distractions. There'll be obviously you say you start out in a habit and then again that habit doesn't really grab hold of you and and continue to push you forward when things begin to change and so forth. And then I came back and I said, no, that's not you, God. You didn't say that. Either my flesh said it or the devil said it. I believe you. And then whatever you start, you said you'll finish. And so God is starting something in my life and your life and He's initiating it that I know that He can sustain. Do you believe that? Amen. I know that He can. I know that it, what you start here today. And I want to give you the, that encouragement. You make that commitment in what we're talking about today because the most important aspect of the message is the response. I can share and God speaks through this. It's Him speaking. But most importantly, how are you going to respond? How am I going to respond to what I'm getting ready to talk about today? Because you see, the Israelites had a lot of troubles and they did not pray. And do you know, I believe a lot of times we have problems that go unresolved and we continue on down the same path. Why? It's because we don't pray. We don't bring together a body of Christ to pray. Now, this body we just mentioned, many people that needed prayer. And that's great. And that's because you value this congregation and you're here today because you do value your relationship with this congregation. And you've come in here with a list of prayers. We need prayer. And so what you're saying is, God, we need you and you're the only one that can help us. Because when we don't pray, obviously, or when we uh, you're basically saying, God, I've got this. Many people today believe that today. For whatever reason it may be. 
is because they feel like that they can do it on their own. They have their own strength. And maybe it isn't quite as bad as what they thought it could be. And so therefore, they don't turn to God. You know, the first sign of trouble, you and I should turn to the Lord in prayer. Because we do have trouble. COVID, look at COVID. We just mentioned here earlier how COVID is spreading. Now, it doesn't appear that this Omicron variant is as powerful and strong as the Delta and then the original. It doesn't seem to be that way, but it's still out there. There'll be people that are affected by this. We've got COVID that's rampant throughout this country and again around the world today. We have a national debt that's out of control. What is it? 29 or 30 trillion now? We have a, somebody's going to have to pay the piper. Now, it might be my children, your children, your grandchildren, and so forth. But sometimes a day of reckoning will come. We have a national debt. And people, obviously, our government is spending money on a regular basis, like obviously out there, and I'm going to use some type of terms that you've heard before. But you know how they're doing it without any type of restraint. And there's not, obviously, once a government program starts, you never stop it. It's on and on perpetual, isn't it, today? You've got more division today than ever. You've got division in, in people. Those, again, that were vaccinated and those who aren't vaccinated. You've got division amongst the Republicans and the Democrats and the independents. You've got in our political system, you've got the division there. And one wants to go uh, off the cliff and the other wants to go here and there and so forth. And so we've taken up sides. And so we've got issues here. You've got issues like fear. You know, I don't know about you. When we started with Omicron, I've always said, do not fear. It's not of the Lord, but be careful. But do not fear. And I'm not saying don't take things seriously. I've always couched it with saying, obviously, but don't fear. Fear is not of the Lord. There are reports that some psychologists are saying that actually there is a psychosis in regards to this continual pounding of fear. Now, you look at what the word psychosis means, and it ain't good, folks. Okay? And they're saying that because fear has been pushed out there over and over and over and over again. Fear is the opposite of faith. Don't be arrogant, and I'm not being arrogant. But I'm saying, well, you don't walk in fear. You make decisions based and by the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life. You think we don't have problems? Look at the fear out there. Look at when the Omicron began coming out and the Delta sort of seemed to be diminishing a little bit. And all of a sudden, here comes that new variant. And all of a sudden, bam. And man, we're hitting the streets. We've got to get the tests and all this stuff. Nothing wrong with that. But we don't do that out of fear. We have faith and we trust our God, okay? We have, obviously, congregations that have dwindled. We've got people not coming to church and so forth. There seems to be, as we there in that handout, maybe that if at the consumerism type of uh, excuse is that if uh, you don't have something necessarily to, to entertain or whatever it may be, then people won't come. And yet what we do is, is we address these things with prayer. And whatever the reasons are today, we need to know that prayer is needed and revival is needed. I was reading a book here recently because I believe it is true with all my heart. That's just me and my conviction. But it's by an author, Dr. Michael Brown. And the title of the book is Revival or We Die. Now, that does not mean that Christians 
will obviously lose their salvation. He's not saying that at all. He's just saying the desperate need that we have of a move of God's spirit across this land. Because Jesus is the only answer. An awakening in my heart and your heart and the hearts of the people in this community and here in this city and around the world is the only answer. The only answer today. You've got family members that are not saved. You've got neighbors that are not saved. We left this morning. Of course, we leave early. But it doesn't appear anybody's up shuffling around. Of course, in this weather, they probably aren't. But I'm talking about in good weather. It doesn't seem like that anybody is getting ready, coming into the church house and listening to the Word of God and, and gathering together and having their strength, their faith strengthened and also prayers, the prayer needs offered up today. There doesn't seem to be that. We're in need, dire need today. But I'm going to say right up front what I believe with all my heart. If you're sitting here today or you're watching this and you say, I have no need. And I don't believe there is any problem with what's going on as far as the church and the dwindling congregations or any of these types of things. And everything is fine. My bank account is full. I got a nice house. I got two cars in the garage and my garage is filled with stuff. And if you don't see that there's a need for a move of God in our society today, then I want to just encourage you, ask the Lord to show you. Because until you address the need and see there is a need, you'll never pray. Again, just like the Israelites did. Because they basically said, we don't need anything. We're doing pretty good here, God. We'll call you if we need any help. And that's what's happening in the church house today. Is they didn't pray. They didn't cry out to the Lord because they thought, hey, I'm pretty good. You know, it's not really anything blatant. I'm not really doing anything blatantly wrong or sinning outwardly so forth. And oh, I'm, I'm good, Lord. I'll call you when I need you. And you see today, that's the issue. Until somehow we're convicted down in our hearts and we see the dire need that we're in today then we'll never do this. And so why am I sharing this? Because you may think the, right now, you say, Jim, after all the years I've known you and preached and all that, you always talk about prayer. You're always talking about this. And why am I doing that? Is because obviously is that I believe it's the answer. So there's not a massive movement in, towards prayer today. Although there are many churches that are praying. Many churches are praying, obviously, 24 hours a day, seven days a week and have been Many, many years, but many are not here. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what God's doing today. The Christian life is not a life of independence. It's a life of partnering with the Holy Spirit of God to share your faith with other people, whether it be H-E-B or Kroger or out here in the streets. It doesn't make any difference whatever God calls you to do. It's about that today. And so today you're saying, I'm not sure what I can do. I'm going to share with you something you can very well do that is most needed in the church today. And it should be our focus here beginning of 2022. And it should carry us on past this point each and every day. That's what we're talking about here. We lean on our own understanding instead of seeking God here. And the nation here is doing that. And many Christian families are responding as well. You know, they haven't made our prayer before the Lord, our God. And we could turn from our iniquities and our understanding and truth. Obviously, I preach on this, teach on it because it's most important. Obviously, the greatest problem this country is facing 
is not Democrat or Republican or independent, obviously. It's not political. We want to change here and we want to change there. It's not a political scene in foundationally. It is spiritual. It is a spiritual problem. You see, everything in the spiritual drive with here in the natural today. And so when we get the spiritual right, things in the outward will come into being in the way that God desires. And you know the Lord's Prayer that says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy, righteous is your name, O God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that seems to me to be to the extreme. Because you're talking about, you know and I know that things in heaven are done perfectly. Everything is working exactly the way God desires. But is will, God's will always being done here on this earth? Anybody? Do you believe God's will is being done here on this earth? Everything that's happening around us is God's will? Uh-uh. No. You're seeing today things. Murders. You're seeing people breaking into businesses. You're seeing people today rebelling in families. You see all these things. Is that God's will? No, it's not God's will. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to approach this? And you may say, well, I, I'm not quite my, as far as physically able to do this or stand on the street, street corner and hold up a sign or whatever it may be. And so what are we going to do about it today? If God has called His church to partner with Him and bring it about His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, and that begins again with the church house, then what are you and I going to do about it? Real simply, is the question being presented to me and being presented to you today. It always begins with me. He always shows me here. And so obviously, the solution to the nation's problems is prayer. Things can change. If God's kingdom can come, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He would have never told us that prayer. Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. He never would have any way taught that unless he said it can happen. But how do we do that? How do we get it? Obviously, coming down from heaven and coming to earth. You see, everything that begins, it begins in heaven. Your faith begins there. You hear what God says, then you pray it back to Him. It originates there and all that. It's not me and my heart conjuring up something. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying you and I can be a part of that. We can partner with Him. And so the first part here is the essential dynamic in bringing God's will to pass on earth here as we see it. If God is omnipotent, then obviously... Again, isn't his will always being done? No, we see uh, people committing adultery, destroying the family. We see serial killers that are out there. We see uh, all this stuff happening. And obviously the TVs are full of all these uh, things, uh, Dateline and all that of what happened here and there, some of the most horrendous crimes that I've ever heard of in my life. And things are happening. And sometimes it just you just shake your head, you scratch your head going... How can the world be so evil? All the stuff that's taking place, even with this COVID, wherever it originated and whatever your belief is where it originated, I have my beliefs. And uh, obviously, that's until something changes on that, I'll probably stick with that. But how could anybody, even as we see a, a deadly virus like this, be in one way or another, if it came from a bat or whether or not it was created or whatever it may be, 
the intention, obviously, and the evilness of man's heart is very prominent in our society today. And those without Jesus Christ in their lives, it's an evil society that's, that's coming about. And, and my eyes, I don't know about you, but my eyes are being opened more and more to that, obviously, that darkness that's out there. And it's a lot darker than what I had thought of. And I'm going, Lord, we're in desperate need of your move, of your spirit. And if you're not desperate for God moving in our society today, probably then we'll continue down the same path. But I'm believing God can change it. And I believe he can take, obviously, you and I and this church and make a difference in this, this particular area, this community, and beyond. I believe that with all my heart. Amen? I believe that. I believe that. You have confidence in your prayers today. You have confidence. And maybe sometimes you sit and say, Jim, really, are you kidding me? I'm just trying to get through life. I'm just getting up in the morning. I'm just glad I got up. And I am too, okay? But I say this today to plant a seed. That's all I do is plant a seed and say, hey, you and I, we've been called to attention. Obviously, our commander in chief, his name is Jesus, has called his army, you and I, to attention. And he's called us to do something about it today because his will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven like I believe he wants to. But he's saying, you keep praying that. Keep on praying here. So if God is omnipotent, means he's all powerful. Why isn't his will being done in these instances? Well, we know in Genesis chapter one, we know that obviously he God did uh, create man to have dominion over everything. But remember, they sinned. And so what they did was they handed over that dominion to Satan. Jesus got it back. OK, so we still have that today. And that's good news today, folks. When you're a Christian, you're born again is that that dominion has been handed back. Now, I know, obviously, that Satan's still roaming around and he doesn't know. Jesus has the victory. He gained it when he was resurrected from the grave. But obviously, there's still some skirmishes going on. It's kind of like D-Day. That obviously there in 1944, when uh, the German troops were defeated, but yet, before that declaration and and that surrender was signed in 1945, they continued to be those skirmishes where they were fighting. And so there is a war going on in, in this world today. And Jesus has called us to attention, his army, to pray and to call forth his power in these situations where families are floundering. And whether or not they feel like they've got a full bank account or whatever it may be, I want to tell you today, it's not satisfying. It's not making them happy. When you talk to people today, I want to tell you, there are more suicides today than there ever have been. There are people today that are being emotionally distraught, even our children today, and pray for their children because they're obviously, there's more suicides amongst teenagers today than there ever been because certainly they've been locked down. They've been masked up. They've been obviously de uh, brought, taken out of society. You can't associate with one another. You can't do this or that. And people are obviously desperate. And they're at the end of their rope. And you and I, we have an opportunity in 2022 right now to make a difference. That's what God is calling us to do. Where two or more are gathering in his name, there he is in our midst. And he's here right with us. He's with one of us. But certainly where two or more are gathered and saying we're in unity of the spirit and the bond of love. And we're going to call down the power of God upon these things that are affecting our nation today. We need to pray in a political system for this November for people, God, to put godly men and women in offices that will obviously adhere to his word. 
There's the debate about the abortion, about Roe versus Wade today, about obviously the abortion issue that's going on. There's obviously more issues that are being taken up in the courts today. We need to pray for the Supreme Court. We need to pray for our local, obviously, uh, the, the local assemblies there, our, our school boards here today, and what they teach our children, what they're teaching today, whether it be critical race theory, which is not, is all that is, is teaching racism, and whatever it may be, we need to obviously pray for these people and that God would put on these school boards godly men and women that will hear to the Word of God. This place, you can say hallelujah. Anything in this place today. Does this make sense what I'm saying? Is anybody receiving this today as any type of thing? Are you believing? Are you saying I've lost my, I'm off my rocker? Okay. You see, I believe this with all my heart today. Unless we have a revival, an awakening. If God doesn't come, that doesn't mean everybody will receive him. Okay. I'm not so foolish, but I believe today that he would begin with me and he would begin with you that we can make a difference in this place. Wherever he places us, we need to be involved. The church in the, in the past, I've always said, they were always told, stay out of the political arena. You're not to be involved. You're to pray about it. No, we're to get involved in every aspect. We're to be salt and light in every aspect of society and our culture today to make a difference because if we don't, then you know the other side will get in and make a difference. And you see, that's what's happened today. And I believe what we're seeing today is because the church is not fulfilling what God has called it to do. That's just me. I'll stand before God and give an account on everything I speak from this pulpit. But I'll stand up here and say it without shame, without any type of reservation today. Jesus is the only answer. He's the only answer. He's the only way. They didn't pray. Israel didn't pray. Said they got all these problems. They didn't pray. I think God is saying to you and me real simply here is why don't you pray? Too busy. Remember I talked about in in the Christmas story? Remember the people, that group of people that were just basically they walked past Jesus, Mary and Joseph, they walked past them. They were busy about everything, getting busy. Everything was going on and so forth. And they missed the Messiah. And see, we can miss God also. If our lives, if we haven't positioned ourselves before the Lord, and we haven't somehow stepped in that realm of commitment to say, God Almighty, use me. Can we say that today? God, use me today, no matter what it is, to make a difference in this society. And you say, but I'm not, I'm really not feeling up to be able to get out into all these places you're talking about. Well, I want to tell you what you can, where you can go is your prayer closet. You can get in your prayer closet. Most powers release when you pray and you believe it. And trust that God is going to use you in a, in a powerful way. When God created human beings, He made two profound decisions. He created man in His own image, and then He created with a free will. We have a free will here today of whether or not we'll make the decision and follow the Lord. 2022. We can make a decision that 2022, and we can come in with an attitude of just saying, well, you know, it, it's just not going to get any better here, okay? It's not going, we're going, we're certainly, but we can make a change here because God is saying, you and I, we hold the, 
the key, and that is our prayer life, our relationship with Jesus. And that influence is far greater than what we would ever imagine. God will surprise you because that's who he is. If you'll come before the Lord and make that commitment. You know, when uh, Adam had that dominion, he turned it over to the enemy. And so what is God's answer to all of this? Jesus. Jesus, he is the answer. In Genesis 3, gives us the first glimpse of that answer when God says to the serpent, Satan, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his head. And the seed of the woman is the Messiah, Jesus. And the bruising of, of his heel refers to Calvary. But at Calvary, the serpent's head was crushed and Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And Jesus' death and resurrection was a death blow to Satan. It settled that final outcome of the conflict. And you and here are, are come with the power of the Holy Spirit to defeat the works of the devil. Jesus said that whatever he did, will do greater works in John chapter 14. And he said, even greater works will you do in my name as I'm going to the Father. He calls us together. We have the power to be able to do that. If we'll stand and we will agree with him on these things that he were, his word says. I'm not saying to go outside of what the word. We just have to agree with the word of God and say, yes, Lord, I believe you. And I'm not going to continue to believe what the enemy tells me. I believe what you said here. And so obviously, it's very important. So why doesn't God do something about the, all the injustice and pain in the world? Well, he is doing something about it culminating when we go obviously to be with him when he sets up the uh the new jerusalem here on this earth but he is doing something about it one day there'll be no more tears no more death no more suffering no more pain no more one day there will be this he is doing something about it until then he calls you and i to partner with him and he gives us the power to be able to do that he'll work through any person who will yield to him and address the issues right now the real question for everyone is, are we available for that? That's the question. I can stand up here Sunday after Sunday and say these things today, but if we don't say, okay, and take to heart what God speaks to you and go out of this place and then take them to heart, then obviously I can keep on preaching, keep on saying. But God wants to use you and me, and He'll use anybody in this place. And sometimes He'll use people that you never thought He would have used. He'll use you. And you feel like, man, look at the problems I got. And you're talking about he's going, oh, yes. That's who he uses. He uses the least likely you would look at and say, Moses, one of them, Gideon was another one. Remember, he always uses those people that you would never think that he would use. He takes those things. He can use me. He can use you. We've got to say, I accept that invitation. That's what God is telling us today. He doesn't take us away from the capacity of moral choice. He doesn't violate our free will. But the bottom line is this. The will of God is accomplished by the Holy Spirit through human beings. Prayer and other obedient action is the essential part of that here. It means that we go to God in prayer, get his mind on a particular situation, and obviously assert the will of God in prayer and do whatever else God tells us to do with it. Prayer is God's chosen way to bring people into partnership with Him and executing His will on earth. So simple. Prayer. Okay. Now, when we look at it here, we see that Daniel was looking at the Scriptures. 
and the Israelites had been taken to Babylon. And the Bible says after 70 years, they'd be released and brought back into their country land. And remember Daniel seeing that. And what does he see? He said, we're almost at the end of those seven years, 70, seven, zero, 70 years. What does he do? He begins to pray. He begins to call down the power of God in that situation. He didn't say, oh, well, it's going to happen. So therefore, I'm going to sit back. He begins to pray. He begins to call it forth. He begins to call those things that aren't as though they are. Hallelujah. Okay? He begins to pray and seek the face of God. That's what you and I are doing. You know why I say this today? Because I see, I see today things on the horizon. I believe there's move of God coming. I believe that God's going to move. God's going to do something. And so I'm beginning to pray and I can see it happening. I can see it because of the heart of God for people. He loves souls. And so I can see it happening. And so how can I get in on what God's doing today? Because I don't want to miss it. I began to pray and call it forth because that's what Daniel did. And the people were eventually, you remember, released. But Daniel was a man of prayer. You always look at these people. Jesus was a man of prayer. He got alone to be with the Father and got his assignment for the day. Remember that. And also, Paul was obviously a real prayer warrior also. And we, we talked about on Wednesday night some of the prayers that Paul prayed. I love his prayers. I love to just pray back to God, which I know is his word. And so it is his will. And so see it. Get a vision of it. Catch a, catch a glimpse in your heart is what I'm saying. Catch a glimpse in your heart of what God's doing in the earth today. Catch a glimpse of what he's doing in a family member that's been wayward. It's not in any way. It doesn't look like it at all. Anything's happened spiritually. And you begin to glimpse in who they are and their identity that God wants to give them in Jesus Christ and begin to pray it in. Pray it forth and bring it forth, those people. Because let me tell you today, heaven and hell are real. And people who don't know Jesus, they're falling off into hell on a regular basis today. 800,000 people around that have died of just COVID in this past uh, two years today. And I don't know, hope all of them were Christian, definitely. But they weren't. There's only two places, and the only way you're going to get there is by accepting and trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Oh, man, remember the disciples were looking, and they were saying, oh, man, let's wait till the harvest gets ready. And remember what Jesus said? Hey, the harvest is ready right now. Don't wait three, six months. Go ahead, get out there in the harvest right now today. Because you may look like and look at it and say, it is dire circumstance. Nobody wants to hear about Jesus because first of all, they think you've lost your mind. Oh no, that's not true. You get prayed up and you begin to see them as God sees them. Remember what the Bible says, Jesus saw the crowds and what? He had compassion on them. You have compassion for the lost, folks? Do I have compassion for the lost? Do I have a burden for the lost in my heart today to where I'm on my knees crying out to God and in emotional tears and, and crying out that He would save them because if, I, if my prayers may stop somebody from going off that cliff when they take their last breath. And until we get that compassion that Jesus had down in His heart, you and I, compassion for people, then we probably won't do a whole lot of praying. People lost. Your family members, your neighbors, and people who have no idea. We're just having a good time, aren't we? They're going along. Everything is good. Hey, we got everything. It doesn't make any difference what inflation does. We still got plenty. 
we got enough. We don't need anything else. When we said the Bible talks about that the heart is deceitfully wicked beyond anything we can imagine until we recognize that we're desperate, we won't ever go out and get it. We won't ever do it. You won't do it. I won't do it here. So what propels Daniel into this intense prayer here? Again, he saw it. God gave him a vision. You remember there the servant, and I believe it's Elisha. Remember they were scared to death because here come the big armies. And remember what Elisha, the servant, was scared. He said, Lord, here comes all this vast. The armies are coming against us here. And remember what Elisha said? He said, Lord, open his eyes that, he's got to, that he'll be able to see. And what did he do? God opened his eyes and he saw the armies of God around him that were far bigger than any of those armies that were, were attacking them in the natural. My prayer is open our eyes, Lord. There's something happening on the horizon. You see, we're called to be watchmen on the wall. You and I. We're to look. Remember Habakkuk? He's put up there looking on what God's going to do. He began to look and call forth today and call forth the church. He gave, obviously, the clarion call. Patrick Henry went through the towns, remember? The British are coming. The British are coming. He was giving them a warning. Lord, today, you're giving us a warning. You're calling us forth to prayer into the battlefield to call forth your power upon this darkness that's taken over the United States of America and around the world. He's called you and I forward. Do that. But he's looking for me and you. Yeah, we got how many? It doesn't make any difference. Doesn't make any difference. Do you think numbers in any way make any difference in God's mind? No. Remember when God was getting ready to call down fire on Sodom and Gomorrah? And remember? Told Abraham, if I can just find one man, just one man standing in the gap, then I won't have to do it. And he went down to one. He went from what, 10, whatever, numbers, and went down to one. He couldn't find anybody. He'll use one person. You know the old saying, you know, when D.L. Moody was, was preaching back in the 1800s and he was a powerful pastor that was praying and, and seeking the Lord and revival was breaking out and all that. And D.L. Moody came to the conclusion. He said, it is just unimaginable what God can do with one man who's totally sold out to the Lord. He's not just talking about preachers because we're all preachers, really. We're all preachers, aren't we? We need to pray till we see what happens today. But it takes stepping out. It takes stepping out, doesn't it? We're passively waiting for God to do His will and God's waiting for us to assert His will on earth through prayer. We're waiting for God to send revival. He's waiting on you and me to pray for revival. What's the focus? Prayer. Why did I talk about it? It's because the only answer is the answer, obviously, knowing that we'll be directed to Jesus. That's what he's telling us to do today. When the resurrected Christ promised to send the Holy Spirit to the early church, what did they do? 
they went, what? Everybody knows the story in the book of Acts. Remember what they did? The 120 got in the upper room and they prayed and the Holy Spirit came out in tongues of fire and all that power of God was being released there. Do you know 500 were the ones that originally were called forth to pray, to go up there? Only 120 went, went up there. Only the 120. What happened to the 380? What happened to them? They got busy doing other things. They didn't see it as important. But you see, the 120, a small number, said it was important enough to get in that upper room and pray until the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all people. And you and I need to obviously consider when we get alone to pray and ask God to pour forth His Spirit upon our congregation, upon this land, upon this city, Lake City, Texas, Houston, Texas, and all around. That's what God is calling you and me to do. But it's a few number here. How many of us will obviously say, this is what I've been called to do? Remember in Exodus 17? Now, Amalekite, Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephim. As Moses said to Joshua, listen to this, choose us some men and go out and fight the Amalekite, Amaleks. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. His hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek, the people, with the edge of the sword. What does that mean? When you pray, you win. When you don't pray, you don't win. Remember there, Aaron and Hur held Moses' hands up. That's symbolic of intercession. It's symbolic. Intercession means interceding, standing in the gap, praying for something, praying for people, praying for your family, praying for this nation, determined to pray specifically that God would pour His Spirit out. He held his hands up. But what happened when his hands went down? Joshua, they were losing once the hands went down. I want to be on the winning team. How about that? Amen? Now I know I win. I'm going to heaven and victories in Jesus Christ. And yes, I'm a child of God. Yes, but I want to see it happen in our day and our time. And you see, what happens is I have a family. Do you? Everybody does. You have grandchildren? Yes, you do. Are they going to grow up and have children? Yes, you do. So I'm looking beyond that, not just in the national debt, but I'm looking at it as far as the spiritual heritage that I leave for them that go behind me. And if nothing happens in my generation, I'm praying for that next generation to experience the power of God and this thing turn around. Amen. Okay? My grandchild is being raised in a society that obviously seems to be just spiritually void of anything happening there. And what's God doing calling Mimi and Pop to pray? 
and call a power forth. And so I can talk about it all day long, but if I don't do it, then nothing's avail. I can get up here and talk. But unless I respond, unless I do, what I know is right in my prayers. Because see, a lot of times, me talking, it gets me in a whole lot of trouble. But you praying, you can open doors and, and do things that you never thought because the power of God is operating through those, those cries of your heart. And my cry, because I'm desperate. I'm desperate, and I know you are also. Keep preaching on prayer. <clears throat> because it's the only way God's kingdom come and his will gets done on this earth as it is in heaven. And so I know that God is calling his church to prayer. Cooperating with him, partnering with him until we see God's power released here. Get into the word. I want to challenge you a couple things. Number one, pray. Set, set a time where you pray. I pray on the run. I talk to the Lord at different times and different ways, walking and talking. You know, he walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way, narrow way. But I want specific time. Get quiet. Have that because we're in a busy society and there's noises everywhere. And I know that. I am most susceptible. And the enemy wants to keep me off of my knees in that. The enemy will do everything in my life to keep me off of my knees. See? But until I make that decision and I say, I'm going to do this, it won't happen in my life. But I take this time today in 2022 to say, now's the time for a fresh consecration of your life. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Consecration actually means setting apart. Setting apart. And today, again, the most important part of this message today is your response. And each one of you are going to have to obviously come to a decision. Do I really believe what I believe the Word of God is saying, what Jim is sharing with us today about prayer? Do I really want that in my life? Or am I pretty satisfied? Everything is fine. If everything is fine with you, that's your business. But it ain't fine with me. It ain't fine with me. I see too much going on in our society. And it comes in and I'm responsible and accountable will stand before Jesus and judging me on it. Not for my salvation. I'm saved by grace through faith. But what I've done in proclaiming his word and that is, am I doing what God's called me to do? Am I praying like God's called me to pray? Am I communing with Him? Am I having fellowship with Him like what I know He desires? You know, a lot of people will go before the Lord there after they died. It's too late then. And remember what He says? Depart from me. I never knew you. A lot of people today, they don't know. They don't know Jesus. Jesus doesn't know them in that sense, okay? Because they never surrendered their will to the will of God. Surrendering your will. And a lot of people don't like that, that word surrender. Because we have to give up our own rights and say, Lord, I want what you have. I give it up to you. And I surrender it to you totally. And I also just say, it doesn't mean that 
Well, Lord, I, I give you this, but I want to hold on to this. I want to just kind of hang on this little bit over here because I really like this. This is kind of a pet thing for me. God is saying today is the day of total consecration. The beginning of the new year. And no, it's not a better time today than in this new year to make that declaration before the Lord. And say, I give it to you, Lord, completely. And I know I don't have the power to be sustained in this time of prayer that Jim is talking about to bring forth a revival across this church, across this land, across the, the cities of this nation. But I'm going to trust you to give me that power. And I believe that if we come before the Lord in humility like Daniel did. And we say, Lord. Have your own way in my life. Have thine own way. That old hymn. And I give it to you. Now I'll finish with this. Is that you think, well, Jim, you know. See, I'm a seasoned citizen. If anybody calls me a senior citizen and, and says that and so forth, then I need to talk to you, okay? But I'm seasoned, okay? That word sounds a lot less confronted, doesn't it, right? And some of you may be able to relate to that. I know Phyllis is laughing. She thinks, yeah, Jim, I'm a seasoned citizen here, right? And I don't ever say that because I know all of that. You know, again, when I was 40, people who look 60 or who were 60 they looked ancient well that i'm way past that now so everybody everybody even the doctors look much younger today they look like kids to me okay and so you say what can i do i tell you what your ministry is and every one of you in here can pray and i can pray okay there are different things god's going to put us into and plug us into but you can pray and so as we bow this morning, I want to just challenge you. I want to just say, Lord, we come before you making a decision that we will pray. That we believe that we are looking as Habakkuk did and seeing what's happening coming up on the horizon. And we're believing, Lord, that you're sending forth a fresh wave of your spirit. A fresh wind, oh God, of your spirit moving in this church and across League City, Texas and across this land, America, oh God, to bring revival, an awakening like the world has never seen before. And no one will be able to take credit because it will be all you and you'll get all the glory and all the honor. We believe that, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart as we just sang earlier. Open the eyes of our heart. And give us that vision, oh God. A vision. Lord, it's not about Madison Avenue techniques. It's not about, obviously, all this consumerism. It's not about all this other entertainment or whatever. It's about the, pure, the purity of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And dear God, today, that's where we're going. And Lord, we proclaim today that You, Jesus, you're the answer. And there's no other way. And just like that book said, revival or we die. We are revival or we die. The church at Laodicea thought they had everything. They had a lot of money. Man, the pastor was paid well. All these things 
were given. The committees were, were working good. They had a lot of big budget about doing this and doing that and so forth. And remember what Jesus told them? He said, you didn't, you're not seeing yourself the way I see you. You've had no need of me because you got it all under control. And what he says is, have at it. He said, you're wretched, you're naked, you're blind, and I'm getting ready to spit you out of my mouth. We're desperate, church. Can you ask God to work that in your heart today? I'm not saying in some type of a morbid thing. Don't get me wrong at all. But I'm saying spiritually. That God's Spirit will shine His light on my heart and your heart. To say we are in desperate need of you, Lord. This church today. I can't grow this church. I don't know. I've got different things and thoughts that we can do. And we need to follow that. But the ultimate thing is. Jesus said that he would obviously build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus builds his church, but you and I can partner with him. But it's going to come when you and I go before the Lord and we pray and seek his face and we're determined that we'll do whatever he tells us to do. And that's my position today. No other way. COVID, debt, the national debt, the political division we see today, the hatred we see and all the things that are happening today. There's so much divide today. What's the answer? The answer is Jesus. The answer is because you and I are crying out to God until we see what we believe on His heart towards this country and to every individual that He pours His Spirit out. Let's pray together. Father, thank You. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. We glorify you, Lord. There's no other way, Lord. There's nothing else we can do. We don't have it, Lord. And Lord, we confess to you in reality. We try to do it on our own. We haven't waited upon you. We haven't sought your face the way that we should have. Lord, forgive me. Forgive all of us, Lord. And help us to start anew in a fresh consecration saying, Lord, you do it. Because, Lord, if you don't bring revival, if you don't awaken the church, which judgment begins in the house of God, then, Lord, it won't happen. But we believe, Lord, that that's what you desire because it's your word, Lord. And, Lord, we right now say your name is being defamed. Because people today would rather use your name in a, a horrible way, instead of proclaiming the praises of our God. Forgive us, Lord, because, Lord, we haven't been that influence that we should have been. But, Lord, we can be. Help us to start today. Help us to lay our lives before you. And, Lord, just that fresh consecration that you want to bring. Do you want it? Do you want it is the question. Decisions are being made here today. Right now, I want you to make a decision. See, God hears your thoughts. And whatever God's Holy Spirit is speaking to you through this message today, then respond to it. Whatever He says, that's His business. All of it is. And then take it before the Lord and do it. You see, I'm optimistic. How about you? Our God is redeeming God. He took me out of slavery. And he placed my feet upon a rock. His name is Jesus. 
and he wants it for this community. I still say if just 3rd Street here, right here, would come to church, this place would be packed out, okay? This place would be packed. I've had a couple of dreams. I had a dream here recently. And I don't mean I don't know what it means, but I know one thing I'm encouraged, and it was a dream about the number of people that were coming to church. And it was a dream about children. It was about children. They're children right here. And if they don't come and hear the word, they'll grow up in the same manner. And they'll never know life through Jesus Christ. And in that dream, people were sitting there and they were all ages. And they were children. Why people drifted away because of COVID and all these other things? What's the answer? The inertia they had coming to church and not going because Zoom is there and everything else and nothing wrong with that. But we can't stay there. You got to come in. If you're not able to come, listen on Zoom. Listen to the word. But if you can, come in. And meet with God's people and have your faith stirred. And have your prayers if you offer up those prayers before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Children today. How many children do you know and do I know that don't know Jesus? Our God is good. Because see, I, I I didn't it didn't be because I was going to get trying to do you know these things and work it up and not flesh. It's by grace that we're saved through faith. But I want to just encourage you and we'll off pray. Um, ask God to give you a burden for people and 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 include children. If you've got people that are on your mind, you've got children right now coming to your mind. Pray that God will give you a burden. There have been children here in this church in the past. Y'all know it and I know it. Lots of children, they've grown up. And I don't know where they are with the Lord. But I pray that God would get a hold of them and would let them go. Because they're walking through life. And the Bible says without the Spirit of God, we're dead men walking. We're dead. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me when I've neglected in that prayer, my prayer life, in praying, calling down the power of God and help us all in this church to rise to the occasion. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for, for joining us today. Pray that God will give you a burden for revival and awakening and you pray and you would pray and you spend time and pray until you see that, that God does what you know in your heart He wants to do because He loves souls. It's just a matter of us partnering with Him. His kingdom would come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Join us next week. I'm going to talk for several weeks about some things I believe he wants us to look at in the new year and how we're going to live the Christian life and not just selfishly, inwardly, but obviously we're going to be giving ourselves away 
that people would come to know Jesus. Amen. Come back to join us. And uh, we pray for you. God bless you. Thank you.